She'd turned into a human dynamo, as Les shortly discovered when Dee Dee came down to Sydney to buy some more gym equipment at an auction. Five days she stayed with Les before driving back to Taree the previous Saturday with one of the girls who worked for her, and a pretty torrid five days it was too, especially in the porking department. However, there was a bit more to it with Dee Dee than just that. Now that she was gone, Les found himself thinking about her quite a bit, particularly when he'd be sitting around the Kelly Club at night when it was quiet. In fact, if it hadn't been for Dee Dee's ratbag family, Les might have gone up to Taree and given it some sort of a go. In the meantime, life had to go on, and on this particular breakfast occasion, Les and Warren weren't about to discuss women, the coming of Christmas, or what was making the headlines in their Sunday papers. During Norton's absence, Warren had received part of a modest inheritance, which he'd now turned into a sizable investment, which Norton wanted to discuss a little more fully. But more out of curiosity than anything else, as he'd told Warren earlier. Okay, Les, said Warren, folding his Sunday paper. Now, what is it rattling around inside that empty biscuit tin you call a head that's worrying you? Well, replied Les, taking a sip of coffee and placing his cup on the table. You've bought yourself a two-bedroom home unit at Randwick. Double garage, two balconies, close to the shops, and with quite a good view of the park. All very nice indeed, I might add. I've driven past a couple of times and checked it out. That's right, conceded Warren. I've made a small investment. Les nodded. And this small investment of yours, you've laid new carpet, put in some curtains and a fridge, and you've rented it out already. That's right, conceded Warren again. A nice Australian schoolteacher and his equally nice dental nurse wife. A lovelier couple you'd never wish to meet. Norton stared at Warren impassively. So, how come... You don't want to live in it. Warren stared back, just as impassively. Because I don't want to. But wouldn't you be better off? A big, comfortable unit. You're the governor. Come and go as you please. You could drag all your splurters back there and play your Terence Trent Derby and KD Lang CDs till you go blue in the face. What's... Let's just say... I love living here in Bondi with Uncle Les. You love living here, Warren. Yeah, it's tops. And you're a really wonderful, sensitive new age guy, Les. A really wonderful guy, eh? Norton continued to stare at Warren. You're not starting to develop any homosexual tendencies towards a landlord by any chance, are you, Warren? Your office is just round the corner from Oxford Street. Homosexual tendencies? <laughs> In other words, do I want to root the landlord? Warren appeared to think for a second. Let me put it to you this way, Les. If you were a Sheila and it was raining dicks, you'd get hit with a flat vibrator and have to pay for it. Les nodded. Fair enough. So porking the landlord's got nothing to do with it. 
He reached under his Sunday paper and pulled out two opened letters addressed to Warren, which Warren had left near the phone. I don't suppose these would have anything to do with it either. He jabbed an index finger at the letters. Negative gearing. Eight percent reductible. And what's this fucking company, Steady Edwards and Associates, at this address? Oh, (laughs) all right, said Warren, snatching back the two letters. Big deal. I formed a company, got hold of a deceased estate at the right price and hocked myself up to the arse to get it. And I'm still here at Shea Norton's paying rent. It's as simple as that. Drink your coffee and let me read my Sunday papers in peace. Les shook his head, expressionlessly. No, Warren. I'm afraid it's not as simple as that, at all, old mate. What do you mean? Warren eyed Les a little suspiciously.